Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Esther Carson. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation, it is Final Four time. Let's go. Kyle Haywood here, and I am joined by my good friend and housemate, Logan Jones. Logan, how are you tonight, dude? I'm great. Uh, we are lo- about 20, almost exactly 24 hours away from takeoff time to Minneapolis. Uh, Minneapolis. Yes, so. exactly. I think our plane right now would be, uh, uh, either, uh, either just taking off or at least on the runway right now. So we're pretty, I'm pretty stoked yes, that we're, we're really going to celebrate, we're going to celebrate 24 hours of, uh, you know, uh, before we leave by recording this episode. So, um, Dude, can we real quick before we talk Final Four, just let everybody know, first of all, we are going to be at the Final Four. We're going to be in Minneapolis, and we want to meet up with and say hi to and get high fives from as many of you uh, as we possibly can that are going to be there as well. Even if you're not attending the Final Four itself, if you are just, you know, in the you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul area, and you want to go grab a bite or something, or, you know, just, just hang out, let us know. We'd be super happy to, to do that. Um, a lot of our, I guess you could say like friends of our show, or at least our WNBA Twitter family are going to be there. Um, and I'm really excited to hopefully run into several of them and, uh, and, and get to meet them. But we are, we are super excited to be there in Minneapolis and, uh, experiencing, I, this is my fi- first final st- my first final four men's or women's that I'll get to experience. So, uh, yeah, it should be pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, what we're going to start out with Logan. How can people interact with us online to let us know that they want to hang out in Minneapolis? Yeah. You can find our Twitter feed at WNBA nation pod over on the Twitter. Uh, we also have a story in the page. Twitter. We that a, sounds so old person. I know. The Twitter. <laughs> I'm really leaning into, uh, yes. like Grandpa Logan this summer, I think. <laughs> I like Grandpa Logan. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, yeah, we're on Twitter. We're on Twitch. We're on store envy where you can buy lots of fun merch, which is going to be, uh, especially crucial in, in upcoming months as we gear up yes. for this WNBA season and hopefully live events. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube and TikTok because, uh, video is important. Uh, that's <laughs> no, you can find us there because, uh, it, it makes our clips easily shareable online and we want more people to be able to find the show. And lastly, when you finally do find the show, as you have already, if you're listening to our voices, uh, please leave a five star review. Uh, we do read those. They make us feel warm and fuzzy and they raise our ranking so that people can find our show easier and get more WNBA content directly into their eardrums. Absolutely. We haven't had a, 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 new five-star review in a little bit. So we definitely want to read those uh, out loud on our next episode. So make sure you hit that five-star rating. And if you write a review, we will, we'll read it out loud. And uh, it's about time we did one of those. We have done those in the last few episodes. So we need a new one. Everybody hop on there. Um, Logan, I know a lot of your thoughts because you and I watched many of these games together, but just before we hop into Final Four preview, can we talk really quick about some of the elite 
the Elite Eight matchups uh, that we that we were privy to witness this last weekend. And can we start with the one that most people have been talking about, and that's the NC State UConn game, Logan? I just gut reactions to everything that was going down in that game. What was your what was your overall just just vibe as as we watched that game together? Uh, fabulous. It was fabulous. It was a great night for the sport. It was a great night for the league, for college women's basketball. It was the first uh, double overtime game in the Elite Eight or later, uh, which was really fun to be a part of. We did. We watched that in, in your living room on on a Sunday afternoon, just enthralled. Mm-hmm. We we like everybody in the house just got like pulled into it as it progressed through each overtime. Um, it was such a gutsy performance from both teams. Uh, but there were there were multiple times at the about the last five minutes of regulation in the both overtimes where I thought each team was dead, uh, and they just kept coming back and swinging. NC State hit some big threes, man. Yeah. Like I I know they they missed an opportunity at the end of regulation where UConn um, they they didn't get a shot off, shot clock violation, some great defense by NC State, and then missed free throws, which obviously felt like it was going to be the story of the game if if the Wolfpack could have pulled it off in regulation, and then it became. Well, they survived, and Paige is hot. Paige Beckers started going off. Uh, I think she scored 15 points in the overtime periods of her 27 for the game. Um, she started hitting everything in that next overtime, and it felt like, well, maybe NC State missed their chance. And then they bury that deep corner three. I don't know if that, that's an oxymoron, but it felt like a deep corner three, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it just it felt improbable. Neither team was shooting great from distance that game. It was just it was a life experience. It it felt right. like playoff baseball. It felt like uh Olympic women's hockey circa, you know, four years ago. It it felt like one of those like where were you when this game happened type games. Twitter was just going bonkers. All the Yukon fans couldn't breathe, all the NC State fans couldn't breathe. I my biggest takeaway actually comes from uh I, Coach Ariema was on PTI earlier today. And they asked him at the end of the first overtime, you're, you're up three. They have the ball. Why don't you foul? And, and he kind of stumbled around for a little bit. And then finally was just like, yeah, if I had to do it over again, I would have fouled. Like that's a, that's a pretty key mistake from a coach that's now coached UConn to 14 straight final fours, which will never be topped. Yeah. Uh, it's just never going to happen. There's only two other programs that have even been to 14 final fours. Um, I think the next longest streak is like five. Um, it's just, it's impossible. Like, like Gino is unassailable as a coach. I'm not, I'm not questioning his coaching acumen here, but it was, it was fun for me, I guess, to, to hear 68 year old Gino, who's had some just powerhouse teams over the years, admit like, I made a coaching mistake in that overtime and it didn't matter because Paige Beckers took over the game. <laughs> like that's, we had that, that was the quote. We had Paige and they didn't. And that's where it ultimately right. came down to. And what we're going to talk about the rest of today when we get into Final Four matchups and stuff like that, in the back of my mind, every time I look at a Louisville or a Stanford or a South Carolina, I'm constantly thinking, I think these are better teams than UConn, but none of them have Paige Beckers. And she went into takeover mode the way that only like league MVPs can go into takeover mode the other night. And that was a special thing to watch. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's probably the most I've ever rooted for a UConn team, if I'm being honest. And I know I've gone on too long, so I want to get your thoughts as well. But 
I, I think a lot of UConn fans who listen to the pod probably know that I do view them as the villain of the, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I love having villains no, no, no. in sports. Villain in like a thing. fun way. Yeah. You know? I, but they are. They're the evil empire. They're, they're the team to beat. Um, I, you know, I was texting the group chat like, oh, like they're playing this in like basically a home gym and blah, blah, blah. But when it came down to it, this, this is a team that's had to gut out every win this season. And this isn't the typical UConn team where they really start paying attention to the, you know, how they're doing this year in March. I mean, this has been a tumultuous year for them. They've, they lost another big and they're going in to play a Stanford team that's going to outsize them at every position. And I still just can't help but root for them because I feel like at this point in the, the process in the bracket, I see them as an underdog against Stanford and that makes them much more appealing than they've ever been to me. Right. Yeah. No, I, I I think that that it is kind of weird to feel like UConn is quote unquote an underdog here, especially. Well, I think that Louisville has kind of played with that chip on their shoulder. I think that Louisville has been kind of viewed by a lot of people as, oh, that's kind of the that's the one seed that maybe doesn't deserve it. That's the one seed that's going to get eliminated. And Louisville's gone out and just just torn apart the the rest of the of the of their region. But this UConn Huskies team. Doesn't it's it's not quite that same team like we saw you know back when they had like five straight championships you know like it's not it's not that same team and in fact it's interesting because UConn hasn't won a championship in several years it's been like what five years four or five years since they've since they've had a title which I know like most cases that's that's like well that's not a big deal but when they won so many over the course of like 20 years, like yeah, to go four or five years without a title is pretty significant. And uh, yeah, I would say that they kind of are that underdog right now. If you take the entire season into consideration, they probably are the ones that are, uh, you know, have, have um, don't quite have the resume as like an NC or even an NC state that they beat, but especially like a Stanford or, or South Carolina. Um this game was nuts. I think you mentioned a, a couple of coaching mistakes that took place. There's one glaring thing that uh, kind of stood out to me, and I don't think I really r- realized it until the end of about, well, just a few seconds left in the sec- second half. Diamond Johnson, who came off the bench for NC State and had big shot after big shot. She only had eight points, so she only you know, she only had three buckets. But those three buckets all came at like the biggest of big moments. And when you're in overtime, tight game, double overtime against UConn, you need someone who can hit those shots. And she was just on the bench. So that kind of uh, that kind of didn't sit well with me. I thought that was maybe uh, an error there. I would have had her on the floor um, personally. But anyway, I think that overall this was just an absolutely amazing game. I think that uh, Kristen Williams obviously did a lot for uh, her draft stock. I thought that she played really well, despite not shooting super well from the floor. I thought that she had a pretty pretty decently solid game. Um, and as you said, Beckers really just kind of took over and and ha- and went absolutely bonkers in the two overtime periods. So UConn, will, I had NC State winning in my bracket. But I, I felt really conflicted because I would love to see either one of these teams in the final four as we're going to be there live. So that was kind of a, a hard decision for me. But having UConn win made me pretty, made me pretty stoked. Um, some of these other games though from, uh, 
from this last weekend were also uh, some really solid, uh, some really solid games. In fact, um, the one that I, I, w- I wouldn't say that it surprised me, but this Michigan Louisville game, Louisville seemed to kind of have in the bag kind of from the get go. You know, they jumped out uh, and, and had a, a pretty decent lead and then really, you know, kind of seemed to have pretty decent control of the game. And then in the fourth quarter, just lit it up and ran away with it and just didn't give Michigan a chance. Um, Van Lith dropping 22. She's had four straight 20 point games in the tournament. And I believe she's the first, uh, Louisville player to, to do that. And, um, so super stoked for Van Lith. I think that she's been having a great tournament. Um, Hillman, uh, it was our last opportunity to see Hillman, uh, from Michigan, but she played really well, uh, had a double, double 18 and 11. And I'm excited to see where she goes in that, uh, in that draft. Um, the upcoming draft. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, that Louisville Michigan game, Michigan game was pretty interesting. Uh, that Monday night, um, Logan, what do you think about, um, South Carolina Creighton? Because Creighton knocked out both of the Iowa teams only to get absolutely drubbed by South Carolina. Does that tell you more about Creighton or does that tell you more about South Carolina? Uh, I mean, it kind of c- confirms what I already thought about both, which is Creighton can contend offensively with other offensive-minded teams, and that's Iowa and Iowa State. When they run into a defense-first team like Don Staley, South Carolina, that's, I mean, there's a reason they were not a high seed in this tournament. Right. Um, and it's because that is a, an element of, of the game that could really frustrate them. Yeah, To me, that wasn't a surprising outcome. Uh, I know South Carolina has had some puzzling games this season. Um, but in the tournament, they've pretty much taken their defense on the road as promised. Uh, and that's, that's what's driven them to the final four. And we'll talk more about that in terms of the Louisville matchup, but, uh, it seemed like a natural place for the Creighton run to end. Of course, I was rooting for them. Of course, I, I hurt for their fans, but I, you know, I imagine Creighton fans are going to take this outcome over any other tournament they've ever watched. This was still, they were the darling of the tournament to me and very much the story of the opening rounds. Uh, and now, you know, now we kind of turn the the book over to the final four and who's going to define this year by winning the championship. But uh, they yeah, I think that Creighton team is what made this tournament the most fun. Obviously, South Dakota and several other upsets happened and we enjoyed watching those. But um, every Cinderella eventually runs out of gas. I thought the <laughs> the, the NCAA uh, Twitter account was particularly cruel. Um, I don't I don't know if that was necessary, yeah, that was, but <laughs> that was a little rough. Um, but no, I. You know, they, they died a warrior's death. You know, they they triumphed over the state of Iowa. They get to hold that over them for a full calendar year. Uh, their names will go down in legend in Creighton history. Um, but there's the teams at the top all year long have been a, uh, just a head and shoulders above the rest. And now we're going to get to see that play out. Right. Um. Let's uh, really quick. We got to hit this Stanford uh, Texas game. I thought that this this see this was a nine point victory for Stanford, but um, I thought that there were several opportunities that Texas had to kind of get back into it. Um, they never really pressed Stanford. They never like it. It didn't end up being you know uh, quite the, as much of a nail biter as it potentially could have been. But this Texas team really did have a, a strong showing uh, post in the postseason, all the way across the board, winning that um, 
winning that uh, Big 12 title and then coming in as the two seed and making it all the way to the Elite Eight until they fall to who many consider to be one of the, you know, if not the best team, maybe the second best team in the country in Stanford. And they really hung with them pretty much the whole way through. Um, any thoughts on that Texas Stanford game? I think for me, it, it really stood out. Uh, I thought Haley Jones had a fantastic game. Uh, I think she had 18 and 12 overall and, and just played very, very well as kind of that floor general, um, that Stanford needs. But yeah, any, any thoughts from you on that Texas Stanford game? Yeah. The fun thing about this final four group is every team is a really good team that has some Achilles heel that I think prevents it from being a truly great team. And in Stanford's case, they didn't know what to do with the ball. The end of the Maryland game, the beginning of the Texas game, they, they turned the ball over. I think Texas forced 20 turnovers. Um, and mm. Maryland was, was, was pretty similar to the game before. The, the whole first quarter just looked like, uh oh, like this, you know, this Stanford team that we know to be super athletic and they've got two of the best players in the tournament. What are they doing? They're not moving the ball. They're not getting easy points. Like what's happening here? Um, obviously they ended up. I don't think they cruised to a victory. I think it was a pretty tight game the rest of the way, but I, they figured some things out and that's because they're Stanford and they're the reigning champs and they've got a lot of experience on that team, but it gives me pause. And it, we're going to get to a point in this episode where we have to pick our winner. And every time I think about who I want to pick, there's some flaw that, that creeps up. That's like, but do I trust that? Mm. And if Stanford goes up against UConn and has a quarter where they just are ice cold from the perimeter, like they were against Texas, if they're turning the ball over in stupid ways, uh, if if they just have like an entire quarter where the ball doesn't go through the hoop, they're going to lose. And uh, I that can happen against any team with stout defense, whether you've outsized them or not. And, and Stanford plays big. They're always going to be bigger than whoever their opponents are. But that hasn't stopped some teams from giving them trouble this tournament. And, uh, that, you know, <laughs> I, I might end up picking them as my overall champion like 10 minutes from now, but just... Thinking about it and looking at the stats right now, it's it's tempting to be concerned about their UConn matchup. Right. Well, I think you could say that about just about any of these teams. And that kind of uh, brings me to where I want to hop into our final four, like, previews. All right? Uh, I just want to go through each team really quick. We're going to h- go ahead and start with uh, Stanford since we're talking about them already. Um, Stanford currently... Has a record of 32 and 3. Um, they haven't lost in a very long time. In fact, the very last, the last time that they took an L was back when they played South Carolina just before they started up their conference play. So their last game of out of conference play was against South Carolina and they lost by four at South Carolina. So that is like, you know, a lot of times home crowds can be, I think Las Vegas usually takes home crowds to be about a three to four point, you know, swing. And so that is right in that range. Um, this is on a neutral court. If they end up matching up in a championship, I think that that would be just a, an absolutely awesome game to watch. The other losses that they have were against then number 25 Texas and, uh, then number 18 South Florida. So pretty solid teams overall, uh, especially, you know, that Texas team ended up being a really strong team late, late in the season. And so being able to see them, you know, those are their, their three losses. Let's pop over. UConn is currently a 29 and five 
team. They had a lot of games postponed because of COVID. So they've played a, a, a decent, uh, they, they played a few less games um, or had those games played late in the season. Um, but they actually went on a, a little bit of a rough, rough patch. Um, they, to, to start the season, they did not start out very well. Their fourth game of the year, they lost to South Carolina by quite a bit at home, and that's tough. Then they lost at Georgia Tech. They lost against Louisville, uh, that other Final Four team. Then they took an L at Oregon and against Villanova. But I will say this. They're on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 14-game winning streak right now. And a lot of that has come to obviously the return of Paige Beckers and, uh, coming back from injury. They look just as strong as, as about anybody. But Stanford and UConn are going to be that, uh, the matchup on that one side of the bracket. South Carolina and Louisville on the other side. South Carolina has pretty much reigned supreme at the top of, uh, at the top of the basketball standings all season long. They only have two losses. And those two losses came by a combined three points. They had a one point loss at Missouri, a random, you know, Missouri team that came along and just beat them by a point. And then they obviously the big game everybody knows about when Kentucky looked absolutely unbeatable, had that strong second half surge and and beat them uh, in the title game for the SEC, um, the SEC championship. But those are their only two losses at all all season, and Louisville, who they're uh, who will be playing against South Carolina, is twenty nine and four with losses at then number twenty two Arizona, uh, at number four NC State, at number twenty four North Carolina, and against Miami in uh, their conference tournament. So Logan overall. You you could count bad losses by these four teams on maybe one finger. <laughs> like like the, 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 there aren't bad losses. Every one of these teams has has pretty much uh, pretty much handled what they should. You know, if they have a loss, it's usually to a ranked team. Villanova and I think Missouri are probably the two that stand out to me as far as any loss that any of these teams have. Um, Logan, let's go ahead and, and just preview that. Um, uh, South Carolina Louisville game. Who do you have? What, what do you What do you think we're going to see in this game between these two teams? And uh, maybe give me a a prediction of of this game. Uh, my prediction is that the Cardinals are in trouble if they can't get someone other than Van Lith going. Um, mm. She's going to get hers. You know, she's had back to back to back to back twenty point games. I think that's going to continue. She is the motor that makes that offense run. Um, but Emily Inksler hasn't had a very good tournament. Other other players in the mix that could be helping on on the scoring end need to step up. Um, if they, I, I think Kiana Smith is one of those that I, I read on ESPN. She's kind of the the X factor to a lot of what that team wants to do, and that you know that's correct to me. I, I know their coach um, trusts their defense, but it's really just Van Lith on offense that's carrying the team right now. And those teams always meet their meet their end to teams like South Carolina, it feels like. Because South Carolina is going to take elite defense into this game and then hopefully just get Aliyah Boston a bunch of touches so that, you know, they can they can keep up on the offensive end of the ball. But I'm really – South Carolina has not had too many issues scoring in this tournament. They have a lot of size. Aliyah Boston might be the best player in the tournament. 
um, on any given night. So I, this game's a little bit more clear cut to me. I don't think Louisville's going to win. Um, gotcha. But you can check my bracket to see how wrong I've been all month long. If you are a Louisville <laughs> fan and you want to feel better about yourself, I totally understand that if the, in the final four, these are all teams that have proven their medal at this point and you just never know. But to me, I think South Carolina's defense wins out because I don't think they have a scorer equal to Van Lith, but Louisville doesn't, who can kind of carry or shoulder some of that load, and I think they're really going to need to. I like it. I like it. Um, I have an extremely hard time picking against South Carolina. A really tough time. However, I will say this. Their loss against Kentucky did show a couple weaknesses that they had. And then there's been two games even in this March postseason that have kind of left my head scratching. When they played against Miami, now Miami only scored 33 points. So I get that. And it looks like a pretty big, you know, sizable win. They won 49 to 33. But they had 49 points is all. Like that's that's kind of a concern. You know, if if that Miami team gets rolling a little bit offensively, you could have a great, I mean, a really good defensive output like they had against Creighton. Creighton drops 50. If they have that same game against Miami and they're only putting up 49, like, that's a concern. They beat North Carolina 69 to 61. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And honestly, right now, if I'm taking attitude between these two teams, which honestly might be the determining factor, <laughs> I got to go with Louisville. I think that Louisville's attitude right now is literally might be the thing that, that kind of puts them up over the edge that I think Van Lith is just on, uh, she's just on another level right now. Um, and Emily Angsler is basically having a, a fantastic, uh, tournament and it not necessarily across the board in the stat sheet, but I think that, um, she kind of is just that do everything glue piece that, that does so much that doesn't necessarily show up in the, in the stat line. I think that Emily Engsler has probably, uh, at least for me personally, and those of you who listened to the, my draft, uh, 2.0 that I released just a few days ago, know that I put her up as a first round draft pick, which was not the case, uh, prior to, prior to March. So as I, I hate to pick against South Carolina. But right now, my gut tells me go with the team that just has the right like attitude and mojo. And so for me personally, I got to go with Louisville on this one. Um, let's see. I do know that uh, our two other hosts also have a pick with this. Uh, I know that Steve has Louisville advancing to the championship and Jason has South Carolina advancing to the championship. So, um, so there you go. You've got the four picks and that's actually kind of surprises me that the four of us hosts have split that, that, uh, that Jason and Logan have, uh, South Carolina and Steve and I have Louisville. I wasn't going to pick Louisville, but un until I saw their elite eight game and then I was like, Oh snap, like this team might just have the juice to take down a, a Goliath like we see in South Carolina. So, um, all right, Logan, let's talk Yukon. Stanford, what's your what's your initial reaction looking at this matchup? This is going to be such a great game. <laughs> I know, right? It's going to be because it's going to come down not to who's got. I mean, both teams have star power. They can both score. They can both defend. It's going to come down to who stays poised. 
And you, on one end, you've got a very composed, unintimidated, reigning champion Stanford team that has no reason to be worried about. I mean, not no reason to be worried. It's a, a Final Four game, and the, the stakes are high. It'll be a good atmosphere, which we'll be a part of, which will be fun. Um, but like I said, they're the reigning champs. That, you know, Jones and Brink, they've been here before. There's no reason that they should have butterflies going into this game. And then you've got UConn, who's UConn. And even though they are much younger, I know uh, Ozzy Fudd's a freshman. Paige Becker's still still young in her career. She's got another year left before even thinking about going to the draft. Uh, it's still UConn. UConn's not worried about anybody. Gino gets his teams up for every game. And this has been a different type of year for that UConn team. They've dealt with some adversity. And I, that's an overused phrase in sports. I hate that I just said it. But they have. Um, and I... I think what this game comes down to, I don't think it's Paige. Although I, I must admit, I, I should uh, I should back up a little bit. At the beginning of this tournament, when we were doing our like our bracket previews, and I had uh, UConn losing to Indiana on like the second weekend, the reason why is because I believed if if someone could take out UConn before Paige, the scorer, could show up, then UConn was vulnerable. Well. Becker's just went for 27 in an Elite Eight game. So she's here now. The knee is healed. She's full go. It's a problem. Um, Unfortunately for UConn, I think this game actually comes down to how well Aaliyah Edwards and Olivia Nelson-Adota play. Because Stanford is big. And they play big. Cameron Brink is 6'5". She's just unlike any other player in college. Um, Every every position, Stanford is going to have an athletic advantage. And... They just lost uh, Dorka from. Uh, did she, I think she broke her wrist mm-hmm. in that game that against a, the Wolfpack. Yeah, kind of a that, brutal injury. I think I think that matters. So you're you're going to go against a team that won a championship last year by just being bigger and out rebounding and out physicaling everybody out on the court, um, and you're going to go up with with basically two bigs on your roster. Both of which were like one fouled out in that NC State game, and the other had to play the fourth quarter and all the overtimes with four fouls, and basically didn't be aggressive. So I know I wish Steve was on the episode today. Steve's a big Nelson Dota fan. I, he believes in her maybe more than anybody else on staff here at the podcast. Although we all I think really like her. Yeah, we all really like she, her. Yeah. I think she needs to have the game of her life. Mm. I I don't think this game hinges on whether Paige goes for thirty or not. She might get that. I think it matters rebounding, free throw shooting, the the pillars of every successful run in the tournament. It's going to come down to those things. And unfortunately for UConn, I mean, Stanford just does that so well at every position. I mean, uh, Haley Jones is a point guard, and she's like one of the best rebounders on the floor anytime she's out there. It's crazy. I'm really excited to see her go to the league. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just... I. I probably sound as though I'm I'm wishy washy on this one because I have gone back and forth a lot in this one. In my head. <laughs> I honestly I think Stanford is the better team. I don't even know if a lot of UConn fans might dispute that at this point. I think Paige, the scorer, has shown up, and any time that she's in takeover mode, she gives UConn a chance. Ultimately, I'm going to side with Stanford. Okay, so you've got Stanford over UConn. Um, let's take a look at what our other two hosts have. Uh, I know Steve has UConn over Stanford and Jason has UConn over Stanford as well. Um, which this is, 
this was not planned out. This is not planned out. I'm taking Stanford in this game. Um, so we actually are split as a podcast now, two and two <laughs> again. Um, but that was not planned out. Um, you can tell these are good for uh, Final Four teams because none of us yeah. have any clue. I mean, none we, of us are picking the same teams. I, yet. I hope that people listening to this podcast right now are taking what we're saying and forming their own opinions. But even I bet if we ran a Twitter poll right now, it would be. It'd be 50-50 in favor of UConn because we've got a lot of UConn fans that listen. But right. like it it's so it's tough. It's so tough. Because I this might be the first Final Four game I ever root for UConn to win. Like in my heart of hearts, I want to see Paige Beckers take this team all the way. Mm-hmm. I just think Stanford's too good. Yeah. And I, I gotta go with Stanford. First of all, they did it last year, and it's really tough to do two years in a in a row. So I get that. Um, but they did it last year. And I just feel like this team, they just know how to win, and they've got just depth. They are so deep. They have so many tools and so many like ways that they can that they can hurt you defensively, offensively. Um, you know, Cameron Brink, Lexi Holt, like just across the board, Haley Jones. Like they just they're so good. And uh, so I'm going to go with with Stanford. If if Stanford can. Um, if Stanford can play the way that they've been playing all all uh, tournament, where they're moving the ball really well, um, they just have a good flow on offense. I don't see UConn being able to slow them down enough and also be able to put up enough points on the other end of the court to to beat them. So I got to take Stanford. All right. Well, Logan, this is kind of an interesting like deal here because. Uh, you know, we all we we all pick different teams to advance to the championship. But uh, I want to hear your just overall based on the two teams that you've got going to the championship. Give me who you think would win head to head. Give me like 10 seconds of, of you know, who, who you think is going to win. <laughs> this is tough because uh, I think the Stanford UConn game is more of a toss up. So if mm-hmm. I was playing the bracket, I would take South Carolina because I think they have a much better chance of making the final in the first place. Right. But if I'm just picking who I think is the best team. I think I have to take Stanford. I'm sorry. I, I really believe in them. I, and maybe that's boring because they're the reigning champs, but I mean, South Carolina has been the number one ranked team all year. So I, I still feel like it's not completely chalk. Um, but they're it, the, the only way I can see Stanford losing is either UConn or South Carolina forcing them, pressuring them into shooting bad threes, not running their offense, just getting out of their game. If Stanford just stays composed and plays their game, which they will because they're an experienced team who's been here before, they're going to win. I like it. I like it. Um, I just realized as you made that pick, um, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get some, fl- uh, s- some flack for this, but um, I think we literally have each host taking a different champion Good. right now. So, <laughs> so, Good. Uh, so one of us got, will be right. <laughs> that's, that's really funny. Uh, I did not anticipate that being the case. So you've got Stanford, uh, you got Stanford over South Carolina, right? I do. And by okay. the way, my bracket has South Carolina over Stanford. I don't want to hear about it. I was a different person a month ago. So. <laughs> We're all, we can all change, right? So you've got, so you've got Stanford over South Carolina. I'm looking at Jason's right now. Jason has South Carolina over Yukon. Um, Steve has Yukon over, uh, Yukon over Louisville. And, you know, just because, it's the only other matchup that uh, is there. 
I actually have Louisville, and I'm changing. If you check my bracket, I put South Carolina, but I've changed watching. I've got Louisville over Stanford in the championship game mm, for big, one big for ben one reason. Fan. For one reason, Mamba, dude, the Mamba has <laughs> has been awoken within Van List. She was mentored uh, by Kobe personally, played a lot at the academy, and. Um, and I, just watching her reactions in press conferences, watching how she reacted after the end of the the last W that they got, I just feel like if if that attitude is contagious among the rest of the team, I don't see they may not be on paper the most talented, they may not be on paper the team that has the best odds to win, but man, March comes down to attitude and i think louisville has the right attitude right now they're like yeah nobody put us in the final four nobody said we were going to be the one to do it all and watch it we're going to go out and win the whole thing and i just i I think there's something to that i've kind of just become converted to it over the last weekend or so so i'm going to go with louisville over stanford have you Uh, thought about how when the four of us are at these games this weekend how confused the people in front of us are going to be when we, <laughs> we're all we, cheering on different we cheer, Yeah, we cheer. Every time a shot goes down, we're cheering, and they're going to be like, pick a lane. Like, <laughs> It's so true. We're going to be the it's only so neutral true. fans in attendance. I love it. Well, we are excited. Uh, either way, make sure that you're following us on Twitter. Uh, hit us up on our TikTok, just WNBA Nation on there. Uh, you can find us. Uh, we're going to be putting a bunch more content on there, whether it's uh, clips from our recordings or, uh, you know, we, we I think we're going to we're starting up a, a merch Mondays where we show off different WNBA merch that we've got. And we want you all to respond and show us your WNBA merch on there. So hit up our TikTok. Um, but uh, Logan, I think that's about everything we've got for everybody tonight uh, for WNBA Nation. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time. We'll see you in Minneapolis.